Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Hi. we are on deck of the civility. Right now, there is a skeleton crew aboard the deck. Spooky. Yeah, well, not not a spooky skeletons. They're not playing their ribs like xylophones. Oh, it's just um, normal skeletons like Pirates of the Caribbean, where they're yeah. all turned undead at night. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you're just like all pirates historically, yeah. sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. turned undead at night in the moonlight. No, it is a smaller crew that is meant to run a large ship like this at night, which actually takes fewer people than you'd imagine. The civility itself does have a crew of over 100 people, but most of them mm-hmm. are right now sleeping below deck. Though I doubt they will be down sleeping for long because... They'll be in hell with the devil. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that it's nighttime. Also canon in this universe. Uh, It's nighttime, but it it will be morning soon. Probably halfway through this fight, it is going to be morning. Wait, is that how time works in this universe? It goes from night to morning? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> uh, did, didn't it just turn night? No. We've been at this all night. We've been at this all night. Uh, oh, wait. Did I did I transform before we started? Yeah. Yeah, gotcha, you, gotcha. yeah you, you, you were a dog that had to be carried down. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Aw. So the first slot that I have here is an NPC slot, and I think I am going to start that out with Franz Fishhook. Franz takes a look across the deck, like the camera zips across the deck to Gable. What does Gable look like boarding this ship? Like what, we, what are, of- we did our dramatic entrance, if you recall. We mm. like rang the bell, yeah. we're all standing there on the... Like, the- Poop deck? So is it we, a poop deck? In this, the uh, in this universe, it's called the shit deck. Shit de- yeah. <laughs> it's, called a, it's called a shit floor. The middle deck is called the tech deck. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, very popular still, apparently. You. So, like, I'm flanked on either side by, I believe it is... Nodos and Wendell. Nodos and Wendell. And, like, I'm wearing that brass mask. Oh, um, yes, that's right. Tall as as, you, as per usual, mm-hmm. big black coat. It zips across, and he sees this brass mask, and beneath it, the glint of gray eyes. There's a connection between you two. He's identified you, for whatever reason, as his main opponent in the battle. Yeah, because I'm cool. Tell me, what captain do I have the pleasure of facing today? There's no captains here, and I'm including you. Well, then, they're all dead men. He moves over to the wheel. It is a much larger. It's a much larger and more complicated setup than yours. Mm-hmm. It does have the 100 slot, which you <laughs> always hope it's going to land on, but it usually lands just Friends, one or two. Clicks that's a away. price is right. Sorry, but it didn't spin all the way around once, so you'll have to respin the wheel. <laughs> you're small. <laughs> it has a couple more levers than you're used to, and he's going to take advantage of this opportunity to pull a maneuver that will actually bring the ship around. The ship Mm -hmm. starts to list slight, and as it does, you hear below deck a sound that sends ice through the veins of Jonnet and Travis, who happen to be below deck. 
it's the ringing of the heart bell. All ships and sphere, in order to prevent themselves from capsizing and dumping their crews overboard, keep a track of listing with a large bell that sits in the center of a ship. It's usually the most expensive and permanent thing installed on any ship, and it happens to be below the third deck. And it carries two things with it. It allows the captain to know that he's not bringing his ship too far, or at least that he's threatening bringing his ship too far. But it also wakes up the crew. So the men around you start to stir as you are below deck, and you realize that whatever you're going to do has to happen very quickly. With that, though, Franz Fishhook has spent his maneuver, and his turn is over. When he grabbed the wheel, did he, under his breath, say, big money, big money, big money? (laughs) No, he didn't, and that's why he didn't get the 100 slot. Well, the thing is, he spun a wheel. He didn't uh, hit a button on a a podium, (laughs) so that's the difference. And at any point in the combat, he can trade the briefcase that he has with one of the remaining briefcases. Or phone a friend. Uh, but the crew can vote him the weakest link of the boat. <laughs> he could get a call from the, the banker. Oh, a call from the banker, that show. What and was he's that the show? voice. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. Howie Mandel. Okay, let's, let's move on. We have a PC slot next. Anyone can take that PC slot. It is JPC who rolled that slot. Oh, okay. Um, Jason, yeah. I think it's probably better, uh, Liz, uh, cinematically, if mm-hmm. you take that slot. Sure. Just okay. because Mabel, or Gable's the one who's in... Um, I think it's Mabel. Yeah. Maybe it's Mabel. <laughs> uh, Gable's the one who's in, like, combat yeah. combat. Is so, that fine with you? Yes, James? absolutely. Yeah. Um, you see around you, Gable, not just Franz, who's on the other side mm-hmm. of the deck. Basically, you're in the middle because, like, you're near the central mast. There are about nine people who are immediately near you. It looks like... There are a couple people who are up on the main lines, like mm-hmm. mining parts of uh, the sails, but the people who are an immediate threat are about nine people. In addition to that, you also see this Church of the Slain God bishop yeah. who's standing aboard the deck. Where is he in relation to Fish Hook? I think he is a level below Fishhook. If he's like on the top deck, uh, looking out over the main deck, so that's like one story up. I think the bishop is uh, is on the main deck below, yeah. um, sort of staring at you right in front of where the staircase would be to take you to the mm-hmm. upper deck. I think I'm just going to start tanking through the minions on the deck. Okay, so you charge into battle mm. and start attacking minions. Yeah. So I am going to need a roll. First, uh, what weapon are you going to be using? You've got two. You've got I'm your... using my short sword. All right. And as I've said before, I have a duelist talent, so I'm adding a blue die to all my melee checks. So you add a blue die to all of your melee checks? Melee. All yeah. right. So it's going to be that plus, I believe your melee would be yeah. on your character sheet as yeah, well. Yeah, light melee. That is two of these and one of these. So the difficulty on this is going to be two purple because you're... Hot perps. Okay, so this is blank. Two successes. You've got two successes. Yes. Now it's time to teach you how to do damage, oh, Liz. Oh, uh, So your weapon has a damage rating. Yes, that is plus three. Plus three. Okay, so that is going to be added to your brawn. Okay, that's also three, so that'll be a six. Okay, that's six, and you got two successes on top of that. Mm-hmm. So overall, that's seven. You are going to cut down 
only one mm-hmm. of these minions, but you are going to pull them down from being three groups of minions into two groups of minions, mm-hmm. uh, which is... You said there were 10 in total? There are nine total, nine total. right now. So I've killed one. You've yeah. killed one? What does that look like as you charge into these groups of people? I assume that they were probably like a little bit caught off guard, but they were armed at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you dramatically rang a bell. Yeah. So it's not like you were Assassin's Creed style trying to take out no. different groups of people quietly. You landed in the middle of everybody. Mm-hmm. They drew their swords before you fearlessly charged into them. Yeah. Even though they knew you were coming, even though they were prepared to fight you, uh, mm-hmm. the ferocity of seeing Gable in combat is still striking and yeah. intimidating. The man that you cut down was simply not prepared for yeah. fighting you. This entire combat, when it comes to minions, I'm going for very, very efficient, trying to disarm them or kill them as fast as possible. So that was just straight through him and up with the broadsword. And then I unsheath his body from my sword and just push him to the side. Yeah, he like flies across the deck because your arms are just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and the others sort of like brace themselves to try and fan out and attack you. In mm-hmm. fact, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I have a question about mm-hmm. Gable's killing style. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. you like brutal, like a Norse person or are you like silent, quick, and deadly like a ninja? Like, which which direction it, it'll be, does it go? It'll be, it's focus on, like, efficiency of movement. It, like, not exactly ninja-esque, but very much, But like, is it, like, there's, is there, like, a dance to it? Yeah. Gable is mainly used to, like, combat where the enemy is so far beneath them in Stature, capabilities, yeah. statures. It's most akin to, like, crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, so there's a grace sort of to it. Yeah. 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 But also like power and there's some art to it, but because Gable was never part of like actual battle, it's ceremonial more mm. than anything. They actually managed to attack you. Uh, <laughs> the, you've struck one down. Yeah. The remaining eight surround you mm-hmm. and they have their cutlasses drawn. They narrow in. You've got seven damage coming at you. When you cut down the one and kicked its body aside, the others seized advantage of that opportunity Mm -hmm. and sort of immediately jumped in. I can't Uh, defend? That is you defending. So now your soak. What is your soak? Three. Oh, also, actually, that that is a good point. You can because you didn't use a maneuver that round, like you didn't move at all. Mm -hmm. You could have taken a defensive action to, like, ready yourself to receive melee opponents. Yeah. doing that we'll give them an extra black die that also rolled up blank so it's yeah. going to be the same same amount of damage so the what soak is three the soak is three so that will be subtracted you're going to take four damage right. what about defense does defense go into that or is that just how many dice do you have a defense rating? yeah two two Ooh. all right so that canceled out an advantage so they're not going to be able to inflict anything else but it is still the same seven okay. damage so i've got four so yeah you are surrounded by eight men And we see more of that grace that you described earlier. You whirl around countering many blades. You move faster than they possibly could. And in the times when you couldn't possibly move fast enough to hit those blades, you moved in just the right ways to make their blows less lethal. Mm -hmm. If we could see Gable's face, there would be an almost detachment of what's happening right now. Even the pain they're inflicting as their blades manage to cut beneath parts of your coat 
and actually touch your flesh doesn't phase you. Mm-hmm. There's still, like, occasionally throughout the chaos of this combat, that line to fish hook, that connection between you two stays stable. Now we cut to another NPC slot. By the way, the line to fish hook is also called the fishing line. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Gable, gable. <laughs> With that, I am going to have one of these men drop from the main sails. A large specimen who stands a head taller than Wendell Barge, yet still shorter than Gable. Mm -hmm. This man has incredibly broad shoulders and a huge braided beard that's been ornamented by beads and and clay baubles. How hunky? He's hunky, but like an evil hunky. Okay. Uh, Scale of one to ten. I don't know what he's hunky means. I have to to put it on a scale of one to ten. Ten being the hunkiest. <laughs> ten being the hunkiest, one being the chunkiest, funkiest monkey that you can <laughs> <laughs> So I think also he is covered in body hair. Like six. Mm. He's- <laughs> <laughs> Six? Someone else's body hair. You said he's hunky, but he's covered in body hair, so six. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. I like it clean. I think his body hair is, in fact, so long that he's oh. braided and ornamented some of that as four. well. Oh, yeah, four. Okay. Four, four, four. <laughs> Going down. He's a ship four and a land two. <laughs> but he lands firmly in front of Nodos and Wendell, and he smiles. His mouth is full of metallic glints. As, uh, it's clear that he's had to have many teeth removed throughout the years or they've been forcibly removed mm-hmm. through combat. Mm. He draws a cutlass and he levels it at Wendell. Wendell has a look of grim seriousness on his face as he draws his cutlass and the two run to meet each other. Anyone want to take guesses as to what this person's name is based on that description? Well, his last name is Barge. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, it's that's it, true. It's Wendell's, bar, it's Wendell's, Wendell's brother. brother. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Chunk. Yeah, it is. Chunk, Chunk Barge. Barge. Chunk Barge. Party. <laughs> His name was Party Barge. Land Barge. (laughs) Large Barge. (laughs) He is taller than Wendell, so Large Barge barge. would make sense. Uh, large he, this stranger brings his cutlass down to bear against uh, against Wendell's, and you can tell that even though Wendell is an incredibly strong man, this one is much stronger. He's knocked back into the mast. He barely manages to defend himself. He is not cut down, but he is clearly at disadvantage in this fight. There's a brief moment where Nodos looks over to Wendell to ask if he should join this fight, and Wendell shakes his head no. This is something he must do alone. That's not true. You're about to get yourself killed. Wendell, no! Getting killed is something I have to do alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a lot of people die alone. But you can tell Wendell was injured by that. Nothing cut his skin, but uh, he did hit his head pretty hard when he was knocked back into the mast of the ship. You're going to have to do something to rid him of his toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am going to. Wendell's mark down. actions are not my responsibility. Yeah, yeah, I actually. mean, that's also uh, something that you can believe. It's not true, but you know, <laughs> you believe whatever you want. You yeah. believe that. I mean, you are in charge of the ship, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is the NPC slot. We are now down to another PC slot. Who's it going to be? I mean, should I th- we. 
Yeah, one of us. Our yeah. downstairs friends. But real quick, what deck are we on again? The Lido deck. Uh, what? <laughs> I think you're on the third. Third deck? And the... So it's shit deck, tech deck. Lido deck. Lido, Lido deck. <laughs> uh, bell deck. And large barge. No, you would be on the bell deck, which I think I actually like as uh, deck terminology. Mm-hmm. Wait, you bell are... deck is the third deck? Yeah, you're in the. I mean, I you try so. to keep it uh, the heart bell as close as you can to the exact center of the ship, mm-hmm. uh, so you can it, get the most. Is I, that a real thing? Because that sounds so f- cool. Uh, so when I was trying to describe what ships would look like in this setting, we consulted somebody who is somewhat of like an aeronautics enthusiast, Ooh. and they tried to talk me through like the mechanics of what a ship would have to do in order to actually exist in this setting. What and the heart bell is one of the what things that they suggested. Do? So it, so it's not a thing that exists, but they were like, this is a it, thing it, that should exist? It's a thing exist. that should exist That's in this so setting. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. yeah, and that story could have been shorter to just two nerds had a talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's the entirety of this <laughs> podcast company. <laughs> that, that's uh, a very cool thing. It's extremely yeah, cool. That's fucking awesome, man. Uh, so, Freaking so yeah, awesome. you, you are you are on the bell deck. Does the Uhura have a bell? Yes, every ship will have a heart bell. Nice. Every ship nice. has got a bell. Okay, what I meant to ask was the deck with the stuff that we're trying to extract from ability. Is that below us or above us? That's the bell deck. That's deck three. All right. So that's so we're on the same deck as people sleeping and the stuff that we're trying to steal, or people not sleeping anymore. Yeah, yeah. people just now waking up. All right. You um, have this round where they're not going to be able to get their stuff together quickly enough uh, to do anything about it, but slowly <laughs> they're going to be coming to their senses and mm-hmm. grabbing weapons and becoming a real problem for you. Yeah. I don't mean to be this guy, but I think you're on the second deck. I think you're on the tech deck. I think so. Because yeah. you were spiking, yeah. you only spiked half the cannons on the tech oh, deck. Oh, then, but then maybe the cargo is on the tech deck. No, cargo is on, cargo. It's, it goes the fourth floor, you've spiked all the cannons. The third floor is where you found the cargo and the cannons are also spiked. The oh. second floor is the the crew and partially spiked cannons. Oh, okay, so yeah. we're so we're on the second floor. Yeah, the second I, I think floor. you deck. saw the cargo before you started spiking cannons. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, we're on the tech deck then. Okay. Yeah. Had all this time and I still like, couldn't think of like a good way to get out of this. Um, well, now, now's your chance. Fight or flight, my uh, friend. Uh, I say, I say we flight. I say we flight. I am always a fan of flight. Okay. So John, it turns to Travis like up or down, up or down. Do we go up or down? Up. All right. And no, so down. Go down. Why down? You need to open up the cargo hold. Don't aren't, isn't your guys' responsibility to get the cargo out of the ship? Yeah. Um, okay. So John, it John looks to Travis and he's like, "We gotta get out of here now!" And then he runs to the the stairs that go below. And how is this floor being lit? I think there are a couple oil lanterns. Mm-hmm. Grabs that, an oil lantern up. and he goes to the top of the staircase and then waits for. Oh wait, I have to wait. Okay, I'm going to go to the top of the stairs. You don't have to wait for him. Like, uh, he'll act on his own initiative. Oh, so I got double the legs, so I'm kind of fast. Yeah. Well, then I'm just going to ready in action to, if and when you head down the stairs, I'm going to throw the the oil lamp at the top of the staircase and then head down with you. Oh, I love that. You know what? Let's just count on Travis's agility as a coyote, and let's just say you throw that lantern down immediately. Yeah, so uh, Travis goes down the steps. John, it starts to go down the steps. He gets about halfway down there. He looks back up, and then he chucks it at the top of the stairs to create a small barrier for a little bit more time. (laughs) 
there it is. Uh, yeah, it lights up perfectly in that like movie style perfect circle of fire that's not really threatening too much else right now. <laughs> the men who are waking up right now are too slow to move at this point, so they're not going to have a real chance at grabbing you. But we do get to see like one of them look over at this silhouetted figure. They, they can't really tell that Jonnet is just a 15-year-old. They just see like a silhouette move down beneath the smoke as oh, you... silhouette looks hella mm-hmm. yeah. So that, tall. I think setting up that barrier of flames is going to count as an action, but you've still got this maneuver movement. So we come down to the third deck. There, I think there's one person that you dispatched yeah. down here earlier. I don't think there's really anyone else. So yeah, it's yeah. you cortex guy. figuring out <laughs> what to do with this cargo. Uh, so I guess I want to take a, a look around and just like see if there's any way, like a door or a hatch that we can bust open to then just like push or move that cargo out. Absolutely. Like we established last time, there is a large side opening hatch for this, but there are cannons in front of it. Yeah, those cannons got to move somehow. The problem is cannons are extremely heavy. So it's going to be a struggle. Question. So we're we're tilting. Mm -hmm. Oh! Yeah, you are listing. You are listing. That is true. Um, So, I mean, like, I... In what direction are we are we uh, listing? And like, are the cannons? Uh, I have the these. I have these uh, fate points right here. Yeah, I'm now going to uh, use it. All right. <laughs> so we move one fate point over to say we're listing in a good direction. I think the ship is now listing so that the cannons that are in your way are being pulled by gravity. They are roped down so that they don't move about the ship too much. But if you manage to open that hatch and cut those ropes, you can send the cannons tumbling down below into the sea. I want to do that. All right. So for that, we will have to wait until the next turn. We come to another NPC slot. And with that, I believe the bishop is going to go. No. Yes. No. He can't. It's not allowed. The bishop looks out at the combat and like... You can't really see anything, but we as the audience see, like real zoomed up close up on their face, like there's the glint of their eyes behind this decorative mask as they look at you. And I think I'm going to actually make a perception check. Hmm. Ooh. Spicy. Uh, Liz, do you have a deception skill? No. It is a zero. He looks at you and the way you move, the way you're handling yourself in this combat fearlessly even though you're surrounded by many men and his eyes dilate and what might be fear he brings his hands up and he starts a chant a chant in a language that you know well english <laughs> <laughs> this is a chant i am chanting this is my chant english this is my english chant superman knows good uh, <laughs> Yes. The chant goes, who rocks the party that rocks the party? <laughs> People around, you've got to come get it. Everyone together, sing it loud. Come get it. 
but yes, the link you were saying you're having your dramatic moment. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was I was having fun, and you guys. Do you mind if I do his on. voice, James? Yeah, please do. I surrender. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he chants in a language that would be foreign to most, except for those who have spent their days learning in the church. You, of course, recognize this language well, as you've heard it most of your life, and you can feel the air around you fill with divine light that to you feels cold, but you can see it wash over the men surrounding you, and he is going to cast a spell. Well, we don't know if he's successful yet. So for clarity's sake, does rank for skills matter? Yes. It matters for building the dice pool. So like if you have one rank and a skill, you have Mm -hmm. a yellow dice instead of a green dice. And then these stats up here, these characteristics, Mm -hmm. are what gives you the dice pool. So any characteristic that goes off of agility will go off how many green dice your agility is. Yeah. Though if your ranks eventually outpace the stat that you Mm -hmm. have, it'll become a green die. If they match, it'll be yellow dice. And if you're one above or below, it'll be green. So he casts this spell but i think the listing of the ship pulls steadiness from beneath his feet and he actually has to disrupt his chanting to grab onto one of the ropes that's next to him he curses in a language that is familiar to everyone a skyjack swear and calls to fishhook above to keep the ship right to which fishhook lets out a chilling and hearty laugh and that's going to be his turn. His spell failed. Nice. And next up, we got a PC slot. All right. So I'm going to run down the old stairs, which so, I guess yeah, there's, there's this bank of fire, and we see this white coyote dramatically leap over the flames. Ooh. Someone says, welcome to the bank of fire. And the, <laughs> that coyote just leaped right over <laughs> I walked down to the burning bank of fire. I made a deposit. So I'll, my I'll balance get... grew higher. <laughs> and it grew, grew, grew. With in interest. The bank of fire. Canada in the world. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Arnie. <laughs> so I'll go down and meet Jonnet. And I'll, no, I'll your s- name is Johnny. Sorry, I, Johnny, will go down and meet Tyler. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm just going to start chewing through rope to get those cannons loose. You go down and like look to Jonnet, and you see the idea forming in Jonnet's mind. You have a look, and then you immediately One, run yeah. forward. One single head nod. It's difficult for you to like maneuver around these things. I don't think it calls for a roll or anything, but like the ship is listing and you're a coyote. You're not a human. You can't grip things well. So like you sort of awkwardly have to like jump around the ship a little bit to get like a firm hold because the last thing you want is to chew through these ropes, have that door open and fall out yourself. Mm -hmm. So you've got to secure yourself somewhat. And I think because you have a maneuver, you have an action and all that. Well, actually roll for me. Like it it might be skullduggery. Roll for me something to try and get through some of these ropes. Um, Pass. Okay. Uh, You choke on some rope and die. Okay, great. Um, I'll see you never. (laughs) (laughs) Skullduggery, like I feel like you're sabotaging something. Athletics might just be like the strength of your bite. I'm going to say as a coyote, you get three brawn. Um, So wait, but I'm doing a skullduggery check? Yeah. Okay. So then Braun doesn't... Yeah, Braun, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you, well, I thought you were doing athletics. If you're doing Skullduggery, it, it's whatever is better for you. Okay. Uh, could I have three greens, please? Uh, I need four total. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sure. Wow. What's the difficulty? Uh, difficulty on this is just going to be two purple. Okay. 
four successes and a threat. So you have a tremendous amount of control Oof. over chewing. Like, I, I guess chewing through ropes is something that you do to For keep fun. yourself, like, busy and occupied. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you've been tied up before. You probably have to do that mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, so and you like chewing through ropes even when you're not a coyote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Hemp and ropes used to have like something of like a, a pain killing thing yeah. to them, and people would chew. Ropes call I'd rather you not explain the bullshit that I say. He's <laughs> <laughs> okay. an oral fixation and yeah. extreme anxiety. You chew through these ropes to the point where they've almost snapped. You're still waiting for Jonnet to open up the side of these doors so that we can let these cannons go spilling out, but you've basically prepared them all. You do hear the shouts of men up at the top of the stairs trying to put out the fire and get towards uh, the stairs so they can maneuver through the ship and deal with what intruders are there. Carry me up to the lumens, I will not fall alone. The living are never to earn the sky, there's their only home. So make my bed where the bodies lie, we only live for the better die, because we're bound for the cutting stone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With all that out of the way, let's get back in the air. I think, finally, we're at a JPC slot. This is my favorite slot of the game. So the captain and I were heading down the stairs. Was there anyone obstructing our way or anything like that? Or we, we just we were at the top of the stairs headed down? There was not at the time. I think... Wait, uh, you brought Ormar? Oh, yeah. I'm what? not going to do anything. He's, okay. I wouldn't go on the ship without someone to protect me. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is his whole thing. Is, is, is... Are we going to get a zombie fight? <gasps> yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes, of course. So like here's Pokemon. what I think... I like. I like you going down these stairs and finding an, like, a door to the exterior staircase around the back of the ship because you were we're trying the back to, of the ship. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to sabotage the rudder. So you're heading down the stairs. And do I know, is it the rudder on the tech deck, the second floor, or is it on the third floor? So the rudder is actually going to be up and down every level of the ship. It's this uh, tremendous, like, mechanical contraption of different ropes and and wheels and pulleys that maneuver this incredibly heavy piece of wood around at the turning of the wheel above. So you are essentially there to try and cut ropes and make it so that this rudder cannot turn. And you've got to make sure that anybody who might be able to quickly repair this is not around to do that. I think because you are on this exterior staircase, the first challenge that you face is the listing of the ship. So I'm going to need an athletics check or something so that you don't end up spilling over the side of the ship and just falling to your death. Okay, so I... Don't think that I would ever in a million years depend on 
athletics or coordination or anything <laughs> like that um, when, when something like this is happening. I guess I could do coordination. Uh, coordination goes off yeah. of agility because I was thinking I would probably just cast a protective spell on myself. Ooh. Um, but I like I like that idea. So, so this is something that happens to you suddenly. You and the captain are headed down these stairs, and all of a sudden the ship starts tilting. Yeah, uh, I guess then we probably should just I, I should just use a coordination check because yeah, my agility is not great, but it's fine. What is it? Too it's too difficulty. Yep, it's okay. going to be average difficulty. Now, when this shit happens to the captain too. Um, the captain is going to react with some level of biological instinct, so I don't think this is a problem for him. Okay, so <laughs> so he does have, like, instinct. Yeah, I, okay. he's still got some semblance of what he used to be. It looks like that is a, uh, uh, two successes and a disadvantage. Okay. I think you manage to catch yourself, but you lose something small. What is it? Um, Johnny's dick. <laughs> <laughs> nice, oh, dude. Boy. Nice. Uh, let's see. I Burp. lose. Oh, so, okay. So um, part of, I brought a kit with me to help sabotage this rudder. The process for this <laughs> is that if I make my way to the very bottom of the ship, mm-hmm. I can sabotage like the gears and things like the mechanical pulley system. Yeah. But I need this kit. And as we're walking down the stairs, I slide, I like brace myself on the thing and then the kit it's like a soft cloth kit, so yeah. it's not like a you know metal or a box. Just falls straight down, straight down, straight down, and boof lands at the very bottom of this like staircase that runs between decks. Awesome. And we can see at the bottom of that staircase there is a group of three men that like it lands boom right at their feet. And we can see there's a crude drawing of a person on a penny farthing bicycle and it says Dreff's fancy boy rudder sabotaging kit. Uh, it was a cruel sort of depiction of you that one of the more artistically inclined members of the crew did on your rudder sabotaging kit. <laughs> Which, you know, bullying is real. Uh, it's a thing. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So, yeah, so Dref sees that, and then I want to use my action. Dref, like, looks down over the side of, like, this rails, you know, whatever this stairway system is, uh, to, to watch the kit fall, sees it land, sees three, like, heads, like, look up and, like, makes eye contact with them, and then, like, pushes himself back from the rail, and then I am going to use my divine magic to issue a command to the captain mm-hmm. to go fight. Excellent. Roll a little bit of magic here. Does the is the captain considered a separate PC or? So I will need to make uh, some sort of stat card or something for the captain for the time being. I think he's what a we're weapon. doing uh, the difficulty. Yeah, uh, it, for, for simple commands, the difficulty is always the same because the captain knows like simple command words mm-hmm. that are like to do his thing. Uh, but if I were to give him like more complicated orders, like to attack this person or something like that, I think that the difficulty. So the to go order up. that you're giving him is attack these three people. It's just attack. Like attack. it's not, it's not, it's not specific at all. Okay, So it's, he does kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one he loves. Uh, uh, it's just, it's a success with two advantages. Okay, great. And the captain is going to be using a short sword. So that'll be three. The captain, Captain is going to be using uh, your stat for this, uh, so your casting stat is also three, so mm-hmm. that's going to be six damage, and you got two successes? Uh, yeah, but I think that I'm, because they're like four floors down, right? Mm-hmm. I think I'm just like ordering him down. I don't think he's necessarily... Jump okay. on top of them. 
Just fall. So yeah, I was thinking I would like have him jump, but I think he would shatter bones he and would, stuff, yeah. and I don't know that that's a great. No. I'd, I'd have to like infuse him with magic. So the captain. Does... Or is that fun? Is the... that is that fun if I just launch the captain <laughs> down on them like down four flights? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you got to think of what Dref would do in this situation. Well, remember this is the captain's first day out, so mm-hmm. I don't know that I have a ton of control it's over baby's day out. It's he's baby's like walking day out. out. He's walking onto beams. I don't himself. know that I have a ton of control over him yet because we've only practice these things in theory so i think it actually might be funny if i say attack and he <laughs> jumps over the thing to like go land on these three no no no, no, no. <laughs> I, yeah no i i think that is what happens the person that oromar was is like the instinctual heart of whatever uh the interpretation of these actions are so i think he does jump over this rail like we see his coat uh flutter in yep. the wind as he lands boom right in front of these three people. His legs do, as you say, snap. Um, (laughs) I can fix that. But the leftover necromantic magic, because I just like this so much, he slowly starts to rise and the men can see that his legs have indeed broken. Like they had their swords drawn and they like all three kind of looked at each other as like, what the hell is going on? And then he rises up, and as he does, his legs heal themselves gross. Uh, right in front of them. Absolutely gross. And he draws his cutlass, and he winks. Yep. Uh-huh. There it is. <laughs> One of the men says, Oh my god, it's Oromar Vale! And then he swings his sword forward and the battle has begun there. That's good. That's good. Me go now? Uh, actually, it's an NPC ah. slot. We're back at a new round at the top of the initiative. Okay. Also, you guys had five advantages when you rolled your initiative. Advantages in this game, just uh, a reminder for the people who have never played this game that much. or And uh, for me. For those who have played the game for years and never bothered learning a thing about it. You can spend those advantages on like fortunate things to be in the combat environment that might oh. help you out. So if, if there is something like it would be helpful if there was a rope that I could swing on here or something like that mm-hmm. you've got five things that you can just add into this five fight ropes. Five, ropes. five ropes it I does had, mean five ropes i had two advantages on that last roll i think mm-hmm. that both of those advantages would probably have been his Each legs leg. yeah his yeah. legs like not like being permanently destroyed yeah. great <laughs> <laughs> cool. uh, yeah and i'd also like to add five ropes i had a threat on my last roll for what it's worth yeah um Frit. If you will. So then I think, so you efficiently chewed through those ropes, but I think you maneuvered yourself into a position that's a little precarious. Uh, And you might slip if everything Tyler does doesn't go exactly great. So we're back at the top of the initiative. I think in this situation, I am going to cut over to Wendell. Wendell is right now up against a mast because he's just been knocked back there by his physically much more powerful brother. And the two are going to attack each other. Okay, good job, Wendell. So Wendell is someone who is incredibly massive, and he's used to leveraging that against his opponents. He's got a much more inelegant approach to Gable's style of fighting, usually leveraging his large physical frame against everyone else. This is a situation where he can't do that, and he's forced to fight in a way that most people end up fighting him. He ducks his body low and moves in for a strike that in the barred family would be considered unsportsmanly. 
But that's because Wendell is someone who's been living on the high sails for years and years, and he's picked up a few dirty tricks. He moves and has his sword meet his brother's and then brutally punches with his meaty fist his brother's knee. Uh, by the way, the uh, Barge family, the dad is Sarge and the mom is Marge. Thank you. <laughs> also, I vote to call it the High CLs. High CLs? CL is French for sky. Ooh! Ooh yes, please. Uh, thank you, Johnny. Thank you, nerd. Durian. That's French for suck it. <laughs> like the fruit durian? Durian. Duran Duran? Yes. Yeah. So that's suck it, suck it? Nice. Great. Suck uh, it, suck it. <laughs> I'm in love again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm horny <laughs> like the wolf. <laughs> so he punches his brother in the knee and his brother howls. I will finish this today, Calder. I swear to you. And his brother descends upon him. Oof. Wendell, no. Well, interesting. So his brother failed uh-huh. his attack, nice. uh, but did get a triumph and an advantage. So I think his brother brings himself down, trying to strike Wendell on the back of the neck with a pommel of his sword. The force of the blow would simply break his neck, even a large man like Wendell. Wendell, however, quickly rolls out of the way. Unfortunately, because the ship is listing, he loses control of his role and catches, <laughs> he catches himself on the furnace and badly burns no. his hand in the process. Wendell. So now for the rest of the combat, he's going to have an ongoing disadvantage of this burnt hand Woof. and he's not going to be able to fight as, as well as he could have. So that was the Barge family uh, reunion. Let's cut over to the next PC slot. Anybody can grab this. It doesn't have to be Gable. The Liz is thirsty for it. Well, before we do this, can we spend an advantage to have Nodos do anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, Nodos, Nodos can act if you would there. like Nodos to do something cool. Like help in the slightest. Yeah, please, please. Uh, what do you want Nodos to do? Um, uh, he dabs. He dabs on his haters. <laughs> Because I like we're what we're trying to do is in my mind we're trying to do extend this battle as much as we can and get people topside as fast as we can. We're not right. necessarily trying to win this fight because we're gonna yeah, you're gonna ho- take off get, as quickly get as out of can. here. Yeah. But Nodos, I would love if he could like so we still have like eight dudes. There's to, still eight dudes that are up. Yeah. I would love if he could like aim his spear through a dude and it goes through him and then he we have a zipline up to upper decks if that's possible so you want him to throw a spear have this so hard through a man through a man <laughs> through a man and then that also sort of lands in the upper deck area yeah aren't you already on the upper deck or like or maybe he, do you want him to target somebody above you yes okay i like this for nodos because he is an npc in the fight you can either shift over one of your fate points to have every action that you want him to do automatically succeed mm-hmm. or you can take a risk by pulling a luminary. Luminary. Give me, give me, give me the river. The river. It's my favorite Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Canon in this world, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce String cheese. My name's Bruce Springbean. I want you all to eat your vegetables. This is my pea street man. Like peas, like you eat. The river is unmistakably dangerous. Oh. However, the river is ultimately a barrier, something Uh that separates one bank from another. 
At great risk, it can be crossed, and an equally great reward can be claimed. Uh -oh. Some say that makes the river wicked as it calls out promising fortune and grace only to drag souls down. However, heroes are baptized in the strife of the current. So... I can see this going either way. Mm -hmm. It dramatically raises the stakes of an associated action with it. Oh, I think I know what that is then. Mm -hmm. So instead of just anybody on the upper deck, the stakes are that he aimed it at Franz Fishhook. Great. Yeah, yeah he's going after Fishhook yeah. himself. This fucking idiot. Every pirate on our ship is full of so much bravado. I and know. like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like, that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's who these people are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We need some more sensible pirates. <laughs> Don't target him. Oh, we're like, okay. we're going on the ship to cause a distraction, to wreak havoc. We're doing this plan. We're all killed the captain. It's like, no, hold on. <laughs> Everyone on the captain. I am going to have him make a daunting check. If he gets it, this is going to really, really... Ruin your plans? Injure Franz Fishhook. I think if he gets it, we win the game. All right. After he does episodes. fail. Well... So he throws this spear through the air. Nodos is someone who never sleeps. Mm -hmm. He's got those heavy circles under his eyes. His skin is so pale. He looks so unhealthy. But he's also got this incredibly long, gangly body to him. And when he throws a spear, it looks sort of like any sort of animation they did with Jack Skeleton. It's just like unnatural. Skellington, Skellington mm -hmm. yes. It's unnatural. The spear whizzes through the air and it looks like it is going to stay true to its target. And Fishhook looks at the spear as it's coming towards him with a movement of his fish hook. This is the advantage that it got you. He's going to have to spend some strain. The air suddenly fills with the scent of rotting seaweed as a violent and powerful wind picks up and blows the spear just off course, clattering uselessly and harmlessly on the side of the deck. And you can see a smile form on Fishhook's face, and you can see his teeth for the first time, no. and they're a horrible sight to no, behold, covered in black spots. Ugh. We go on to the p same PC slot that we were trying to do before. I'll, I'll throw it downstairs. Okay. Downstairs, I think that's Jonnet. That is Jonnet. So, um, Jonnet, you've got to open up this door. Yeah. Jonathan takes in that Travis is, like, loosening up the cannons. Do these doors open out or in? Uh, so they roll to the side. They actually. roll to the side. All right. So, yeah, Jonathan is just going to, like, post up on one of them, grab the handlebar, and he's just going to, like, push it open. Because of the time constraints, he's just like, cut them now. Like, cut them now. Don't even wait for it to be all the way open. Just, just go for it. So an unfortunate thing hey. uh, that you're dealing with... I the weight for these, they've got these nice greased wheels that are supposed to help the doors roll to the side, but the weight is in the wrong place. So they're actually going to be dramatically harder to open right now because the ship is listing than okay. they normally would be, which means you're going to have to roll to open it up. Can't I do. think it is going to be an average difficulty check of either athletics or, if you can justify it to me, another skill. I could see something like skullduggery if you're being clever about it. But you'd have to describe something other than just trying to apply brute force to okay. move that door. What would like a coordination role look like? Ooh, coordination. Like, Because in my head, it's like this could be maybe a series of like angles, whether it's like him like 
posting up his shoulder on the the handle and then like kicking off of like a nearby cannon that's maybe... I kind of like the idea of there being a rope mechanism that has to work for this. And because the ship is listing to the side, you have to like do a jump around a a pole or something to like use your weight to pull on the rope. And that that would require coordination. will attempt. So that is a little bit better for me. Um, What's the difficulty? Two purple. Two purple. Okay, John, it's big day out. The bursts are successes? Yes. Yeah, oh, five oh. successes Ooh. and one disadvantage. Our boy Ow. cleans up. All right. Oh, yeah. Those Ow. doors are open. So we see Jonnet like try to push on the door at mm-hmm. first and like it's not moving at all. Then sort of quickly, I, I feel like there's a flicker of that third eye for a second because this is a wildly impressive success and like we can see in Jonnet's vision the sort of gold glow of the divine intelligence that resides in him lighting up the rope mechanisms around him and just like outlining how that mechanism works and Jonnet very quickly puts together what he has to do. And in that moment, like the same thing where it's like, just cut him, just cut him, like cut the cans loose. And so he just like runs. I'm going to say like, there's like a coil of rope that's just like, you know, ship rope that's Mm -hmm. everywhere. He grabs it, quickly ties a a thing on the, the handle. He goes up maybe over like a, a brace for like a another lamp or something like that. And just like puts his whole weight behind it and just like yanks it down. Yeah. Okay. Travis, you are uncertain. You're kind of in this precarious position, but like you've set up all these ropes and the doors are still closed and you saw him struggle with it earlier. But I think you ultimately decide to trust Jonnet. And we can see in sort of like this bullet time of Travis snaps his jaws around that last bit of rope. It snaps and then quickly the weight from the other cannons getting put on those frayed edges makes them snap as well. They roll forward just as the door swings open, letting all of the cannons tumble down the long way to the dark sea beneath. I feel like the incline is such that Jonnet ends up kind of like with his shoulder to the wall and, and just like peering off at the, the cannons as they sort of fall down into the darkness. And what was like an intense adrenaline moment becomes a moment of like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a wonder at like having to fall like a mile. <laughs> the world is so big and awesome. <laughs> Uh, which brings us to an NPC slot, and I think we're going to return to the minions above deck minions. who are currently battling Gable. James, um, where's the sun? Uh, where's the sun? Is it risen yet? How risen? It is about to. Like, we can see the sunrise, like, starting on the horizon where you can see light, mm-hmm. but not yet the glow of the sun. Okay. The minions. The minions. Minions. Manions. 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 These are my manions. So the minions once again move in to attack Gable and they inflict five damage. What I think happens this time is some men leap upon you. I'll hold him down! And they wrap their arms around you to like try and slow and restrict mm-hmm. your movements. And we can see you parry just holding a man dangling off of one of your arms. Mm-hmm. However, this is eight men trying to do that. And after a while, you are slowed enough for one of them to get you. Okay. So this is going to be five damage. Five damage. Reduced by your soak. That's two. So. Or no, actually, then soak and defense. Uh, no, not so. So defense. If makes I had me taken a defensive stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So that'll be two damage. Two damage gets through. Let that slide. Now, can I? No, I don't think you Not can. Not at all. Not at all. I, I mean, I would advise against letting it slide. Yes. You are in a combat. If anyone, unless anyone objects, I would like to take this next PC slot. Do it. Uh, I object. Thank you. So there's actually one more NPC slot that needs to there's take two in a row? place. Yeah, there's, there's two in a row. This is a dangerous, dangerous fight. I object. Overruled. Thank you, Counselor. Sustained. I hold you in contempt. The <laughs> priest, like, he's holding on to this door to try and keep things together. But we've already seen that, like, he's looked at you, Gable, with mm-hmm. some element of fear already. He maneuvers over to the side of the ship, holding onto a rope, and, like, kind of hobbles his way across the ship very quickly. He pulls back part of a tarp, and he calls down into the cargo hold. Find it! Make sure it's safe! Snake man. Don't let them touch it. And you can hear, yeah, Bosk is back, baby. And you can hear some people calling up from the hold something about a fire. I don't care what it takes, just find it. And he has set something in motion. So that is the other NPC slot. We are now down to the next PC slot. So I have eight boys. Eight boys. Eight boys all over me. What Just gonna, covered in boys. What am I going to do with all these boys? Well, I think you should keep killing boys. Okay, I'm going to kill some boys. Where are we on the deck? Just middle middle deck? Yeah, you, you are near the central mast mm-hmm. holding up the sail. So if I wanted to go after more than one person, would that just be like increases in difficulty? On the check? Yeah, I, I think I would allow you to upgrade the difficulty of the check to like, I guess it would just take out more boys. Uh, like each. Yeah. Um, because these. Or have, like the more successes I get, the more boys I take. So I would love generally, that. the more successes you get, the more boys you take. Yeah, out. I'd like to that, do that. That's, that, that's how that's that works. Good. But I think what we can experiment with, because we're making changes to the system mm-hmm. as we go, if you want to specifically target multiple boys with a single attack, these boys have four hit points, essentially. Could I like do something points. like <laughs> y- yield <laughs> my movement in order to like add power to my action or yes, something like this that? this will prevent you from taking defense, a defensive stance. I'm fine with that. Okay, so you will upgrade the difficulty of this check by one. So you're going to be rolling against a purple and a red. Um, but you will take out a boy guaranteed and then every other bit of damage on top of that will count towards taking out a boy. Okay. Then I'm going to... Skewer some boys. Yes. So using the the small sword again with a light melee. Nodos is off in his own world. Wendell is doing his own thing. So Gable is essentially being the one one man army. What's happening is that as they're fighting, Gable is starting to feel like this strange sensation this weird berserker mm-hmm. sort of rage yeah something they haven't felt in quite some time like that power of war and that power of desire to just that lust for blood for no particular reason other than to see blood being spilled we can hear it in the back of your mind like the very early callings of a choir mm-hmm. rising voices coming together yeah and so the movements that Gable is doing, like they're still very fluid and still very ceremonial, but they're getting much more fierce and not as fine. 
as far as Gable's appearance, they're starting to get like a little bit bigger. That kind of magic eye effect is like they're thicker and just more powerful. Yeah, I like the idea of it's the difference between watching a dancer who's very well rehearsed mm-hmm. and watching a dancer who is passionately pouring all of their emotions into a performance. Yeah. And so Gable is going to, they're surrounded, so he's, there. he, they are going to attempt to do, like, a full, like, slash across three guys, and mm-hmm. then kind of pull up into the chest of another. So, like, down and then up. Just FYI, right. you should always roll before you describe, because oh, yeah. it'll be it'll yeah. be easier to, like, be like, I did it, or I didn't actually do I that. I actually didn't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, this that's is, a good one. You want that? Triumph. That's triumph. You've that's two good. Successes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you've got two a triumph, successes. A triumph, a success, and a threat. Yep. So because you upgraded it, you take out a boy just base. The yeah. triumph allows you to take out another boy for free. Mm-hmm. Two free boys. Taking so out that's... boys for free. Where was this when I was in high school? Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a job, and dates cost money. Two free dead boys and then eight damage to the rest of the boys. Yeah, eight damage to the rest of the boys. So Eight damage plus the... So, so eight damage takes out two other boys. So you've taken down a total of four of the eight boys. And is that even before I've added my damage? No, that is okay. including your damage. Because your damage was plus three, right? Yes. From your sword? Yep. So yeah. Damage for your sword is always going to be three plus your brawn. Yeah. So three That's plus six. three is six. And two on top of Perfect. that would be eight. So in one fell swoop, I got four boys. So, so yeah. Now, so yeah, you... you uh, Slice one down, you bring your other sword up. How do you take out the other two? They were all sort of in front of me, so like one big slash down, like one went like through their face, down to the jugular, like a very thin slice to the throat. The other one got like a real good chunk out of their torso to the point where like it hit bone and then he's donezo. Mm-hmm. And so and then Gable swung around, grabbed someone by the neck, cut right into their throat. Mm-hmm pulled it out, and then stared down the person who was left for a moment there, just sat there wondering what this guy is going to do. And when the man didn't do anything, it was just sort of frozen. He didn't even try to do, a, like, an attack. He was just in shock at, like, the power of seeing all these people die. Mm-hmm. Gable, just even without thinking, just went straight through his heart. <sighs> Yeah, I think if you, Liz, would like to move a story point, I will have all attacks from minions against you be upgraded by one for the duration of the combat just because they are incredibly intimidated by you. Would you like to do that? Yes, I would. All right. What, we, what does that mean? So uh, when when they are doing their attacks against you, they're going to have to upgrade the okay. difficulty of that attack for the rest of the fight. The four men who managed yeah, to, to survive have like reeled back in horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've tried jumping on top of you to slow you down. They've tried fighting you uh, more directly, but you have just cut through them as if they weren't there. Mm-hmm. You don't seem to care about the hits that they do manage to inflict mm-hmm. they are terrified mm-hmm. they haven't tried apologizing no. mm. well. lesson lesson for you men <laughs> mm. <laughs> maybe a lesson for the men when a big non-binary berserker descends upon you from the heavens maybe try apologizing mm-hmm. maybe you ask for directions larry <laughs> 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 and after that whole attack happens, Gable whirls around to look at Vishuk in the eye and just 
spreads their arms wide and with the universal gesture of like, come at me, bro. Yeah. There it is. So I think we do cut over. That's a universal gesture. Yeah. Universal, yeah, come it's at me, like bro. All humans. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Welcome to my bro. I'll show you everything. Welcome to my bro. Welcome to my bro. Okay. So we're up to an NPC slot, and I believe Franz Fishhook is going to act. Gross. And the first thing that I'm going to do is shift one of these fate points, and I am going to make a... Average leadership check mm. for Mr. Fishhook, who does not specialize in leadership. Oh. He does not. <laughs> so, Fishhook calls out, BANK! And he spins the wheel. The ship starts to list even more as there's another gong from the heart bell beneath the ship. You can hear the screams of men beneath deck. And screams of men above deck as the four men who are terrified of you suddenly lose their balance and tumble across the deck, spilling into the sea beneath. Are you kidding me? I am not. You are now at an almost 45 degree angle. He just killed his own dudes? He just killed his own men. But that also means no more boys. But he didn't he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, he did he did shout the bank command, so they could have done something about it. You can see the men up above on the lines pull hooks from their belts and use them to hook around ropes or the mast or whatever object might be nearby. So they remain firmly planted. Like if we cut over to Oromar and where he's fighting currently, those three men have grabbed hooks and like hooked onto lines that are on the side of the ship. So they're just hanging now from the side of the ship with their swords. There are some who are prepared, but those four terrified boys were not. Yep. So the people on deck now still like Wendell and his brother and Nodos. Are there other... So, yeah. Uh, Nodos and you and all, all of our PCs, all of your actions while we're at this angle are going to have two black dice to them. Jesus, James. Yes, yes, yes. I had to expend a lot to do this. And at this point, like, you can see Fran's fish hook moving forward. He has his hook with the grace of a spider, because they sort of move with, like, an awkward grace. He hops from place to place on the deck, anchoring himself with his fish hook where necessary. And he pulls from his side a much larger hook that looks like a fractured anchor. Such insolence. Two challengers come to face me, and neither of them the captain. From what ship do you hail? We come from... from every ship you've ever felled. What nonsense is this? Hail you from the Bandit Queen's forces? Speaking such poetry when I ask a simple question. Mayhaps. And I think at this moment, Nodo's turns... So be it. You'll be sunk no matter who ye be. And he ambles forward, and I think he is going to strike Nodos. Nodos, like, whirls his spear around in, like, a complicated martial arts maneuver, preparing to meet the sort of slow but unstoppable movement of this anchor shaped like a fishhook. And I'm going to roll. 
All right, we got two successes for Fran's fish hook. That is going to be eight damage coming at our friend Nodos. Nodos, I am going to move down into, I gotta invent some sort of system here. For killing people? Uh, yeah, for, for like friendly NPCs and eight what it takes to kill system. them. So Nodos has been injured with this. He also like falls, rolls across the deck, um, but manages to plant his spear into the side before he goes spilling into the abyss. So the only question that leaves is what might happen to you. And now, how about a Dear Uhuru letter? We, we return once again to the Uhuru's interview tables. I think the, the stacks of resumes are just a bit higher. Everybody's looking a little bit more tired. Mm-hmm. Um, apple cores are strewn about... Um, as there have been many breaks. Uh, and the next person approaches. It is a tall, muscular man. Would remind you of Wendell, but Wendell, I think, carries a lower set broadness to him. Nice. Uh, where, whereas this this person is a nice, tall, physical specimen, nice. probably like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, obviously nice. shorter than Gable. Nice. Um, He's a strong dude who clearly shaves and waxes almost every inch of his body. He struggles with like the pile of papers in his hand. He's clearly very nervous and he's held them all to the point that like all of his headshots and resumes are wrinkled as he gently places those down in the dust. This should be good. And then he makes his way over to the tiny stool that you've set up for him. And he like, I think he has to like take a knee on it rather (laughs) than actually sit because there would not be enough room for his extremely good butt. How is, how's your day been? We're so happy to see you. Oh, thanks. Thanks for seeing me. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Slam's good. Slam's good. Are you comfortable? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I see that on uh, the paperwork you've provided. Um, You've only, uh, do you have a last name? Uh, I I mean, time with that? uh, I've been playing around with a couple variants. Well, that's not how last names work, strictly speaking, but I'll Uh, allow it. Uh,. Slam likes to think of Slam self <laughs> as building a brand. Okay. okay. As that, much I as I am. That. I'm a, a person of a single name as well. I understand the, the it's punchier. It's a lot more fun to yeah. say and easier to remember. Yeah. I get that. What's the name? It's, I mean, my name's Gable. Well, yeah, but the. It's oh, one. I always thought uh, Gabe was your first name. and Gabe oh, L. Gabe and, L. Was, uh, yeah, Gabe L. Well. Hmm. Like I thought Krypton. Was... <laughs> What's that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Slam, I I just want you to know that I appreciate you. I have a quick question for you. Sometimes we yeah. like to have parties, sure. and you seem like you wouldn't be a good bouncer. So, if Slam, if there were a jam, would you welcome us to the jam, Slam? Well. I mean, I guess if there was a kind of party like this, I'd be like, hey, come on, jam. (laughs) 
That's Come like, on, what if every Slam's gonna welcome you to the jam. Yeah, that's great. And if yeah. there was ever a moment in this, uh, let's say, a slam jam where everybody was sitting down, would there be an instruction that uh, you would give them? Well, I mean, maybe get up and jam, <laughs> get up and slam. That's great. I really like you're putting your branding in our branding. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Well, I mean, I've noticed as a taller individual, uh, <laughs> what I look Are for. Are you swallowing is... your own tongue? Are you okay? <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> what I look for in a party is just like a lot of headroom. So I'd want my jam or my slam to have a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. Mm, That's yes, great. It is I, important I, to I, have uh, a, a good space, a space jam. jam. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey slam, I, I have to ask. Um, It seems as though like when you speak, you get very red in the face. As if your body is having a hard time producing the words that you say. <laughs> Just want to ask: Are you in pain right now? No, no. Uh, I, 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 you notice I take care of my body. Yeah, very I'm, well. Uh, I'm really into physical fitness. Just, just to help. There's us. a certain level of physical fitness where you get so thin <laughs> that it reduces your flexibility, and that sort of reflects over 100 percent of the body. Okay. Just to help us help you, Uh-oh. here's a chart of five faces. Sure. You'll see one is smiling very big on one end and one is frowning very big on the other. If you could point to uh, about where you're feeling, just so we know Slam, where you're at. Slam raises an arm to try and point to a place in the chart, but like it's clear that he doesn't have full range of motion to raise the arm all that way because oh. of his huge, huge big yeah. muscles. Uh, so he has to move his body a little bit. I think he also <laughs> sort of touches the thing, but like too hard and goes right through it. <laughs> oh, sorry. And like as he's turning, he just sort of rips it. <laughs> oh, Slam, Slam. I, you're well. very. You're, uh, it seems that you. As strong as you are, you don't have uh, what we call finesse. And there, finesse is required that on a ship. And uh, yeah, I can see that. Are you okay? Are you, uh, are you no, okay? no. I just, uh, I, w- I, would like, I would like to be a part of your team. Uh, so most of what I've done in the past, professionally speaking, has been sous chefing. So, oh. you know, working as part of a team, not really in a leadership role, but like using physical skills. I'm really good at peeling a potato. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh. What was that? <laughs> Can you say that again? Oh, that, that's peeling a potato. <laughs> Uh, this useful skill for sure. Mm. We always need someone in the galleys, but that's also like very minute work. Yeah. Have you lost previous well, jobs? A lot of that work. Uh, so the problem with like putting a paper <laughs> or something that happens out here, you know, but yeah. peeling a potato that happens in here in center of gravity yeah, is center, an issue. Towards mm. the, my muscles uh, are so massive that the gravity just sort of pulls them into themselves. Mm. Hey, yeah. What's what's your favorite dish to prepare? And is it potato based, or is that just one of your favorite things to sort of do? I mean, so uh, I'm not involved in a lot of the technical parts of uh, cooking per se, mm. but I do like a stew because okay. that involves a lot of cutting yeah, yeah. work, which is usually in here. 
Well, okay, so Slam, I I noticed that you are you're very muscular, man. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. You know, I got. Oh, is he? <laughs> I just I, I'm just saying what I'm seeing, okay? But I'm just saying like, um, in order to uh, a lot of we we work in a, like a lot of uh, high intensity situations that oh, can yeah, come and, sure. and go on yeah. at the, the drop of a hat, you know. And in those moments, it might be better off if our crew was more nimble and flexible and could move about better. Would there be, ever be a situation where you would consider be, being less muscular if it meant securing a spot on our crew? Wow. Uh, Maybe just like losing a couple pounds of muscle huh. because I. I Quite frankly, I do think that you might get stuck in a hallway. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I You're get stuck in hallways wide. all the time. Uh, You're like a boulder, like a big, big boulder. Yeah. But just on top. <laughs> the bottom part, not so much. You're like a... Toothpicks. Mm-hmm. Like a, 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 a swimmer's body, as it were, if anyone swam anymore. What is swimming? <laughs> Who knows? Very dangerous, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you might, you know, you might get along with someone else on our crew, uh, Ryan Lochte. Um, I think you guys have a lot in common. I think so, too. Go Gators. Go Gators. <laughs> chomp, chomp, indeed. Yeah, and we do, we do have a saying on our ship, uh, of mm-hmm. course, oh. if you're not a Gator, you are. Gator in- bait. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Does that, does that mean he hooks up a lot? Or? <laughs> I mean, probably, yeah. I can see that being gator bait, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you hook up a lot? Far, I mean, in what way? Do you get some? What counts as some? Whatever you that tell means. us you what tell you us. think. What do you think some is? I mean, like, uh, I've read more than one poem Mm-mm. to oh. someone in an intimate context, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I hook up. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Rom- I get some. Yeah, what a romantic, s- a romantic, yeah. very yeah. sweet, dense man. He's not a player, but he smash a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Yeah, you do sure. smash a lot. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I slam. Yeah, you slam a lot. I'm a yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I against all odds, I feel like if we don't say yes, you will cry, well, and I don't want that at all. Yeah. Are you crying right now? No. <laughs> Why are you crying? We haven't even said no yet. I don't know. You're just very emotional? Yeah. Okay, please hey, don't hey, cry. Hey, you want... Do, do you want to hug? John, it starts to come over the... No, John, it's okay. No, 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 no. No, I got to do this. Your bones, your bones. No, okay. John, John it, he pats him on the shoulder. Yeah. Do you want to <laughs> hug, Slam? Yeah. <laughs> John, it, hug, Slam. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. <laughs> Well, he's made this bed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes. (laughs) Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on main stage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or at Comedy Sports Chicago with the One Woman No Show. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly, on stage at IO with Devil's Daughter, or on his podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle. 
I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends near to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.